fairly simple slides which will hopefully outline where we're going to go today. Um, by the way, thank you so much for reading. That's a long chapter. Um, hopefully, hopefully you can appreciate uh, the work that I've had to try and figure out what we want to focus on tonight. I think a lot of it uh, kind of... It's helpful when we think about the body. It's, it's long, but it, we can kind of understand it. It's helpful for me because I don't have to come up with a fancy way of describing something. It's all there. Paul's done it. Um, but anyways, I need to get this thing working. This is... I study engineering, but I'm not very good. With, that's amazing. Amazing. Um, someone spiritually gifted has made this. All right. Now that that's working, um, thanks again for having me. Uh, I'm actually really excited to be here and open up God's word with you. Uh, I've been praying for you guys. Uh, it's been great to hear from Graham, Johnny and Josh about how you guys are going. Uh, but I'm particularly happy to be here and work together with such a good amount of young people, uh, particularly because I became a Christian when I started high school. Uh, to keep the story short, the game changer for me was reading all the four Gospels. Uh, I read about the life, death and resurrection of Jesus. Uh, and God challenged me to think about what Jesus had done and I asked myself, if this really is true, am I prepared to believe and give my life to Christ? And praise God that he convicted me of the truth uh, and what he has done for us through his son. But it wasn't just a snap decision and I said, oh, you know, cheers, God, I'll, I'll see you in heaven. About a thousand more questions came up, but I think the one that encompasses them all was, where do I go next? Um, as a young, inexperienced Christian, uh, God continued the work he'd begun in me so long ago. Uh, he made me value my youth group more. He brought me along to church. He placed godly men in my life that taught me a lot. And he developed good friendships with other Christians. Uh, I saw the community I'd been called into. I began to see the blessings and the gifts God had given me. And slowly but surely, maybe a little bit too slowly, uh, God showed me how I could respond to his love by serving him with the gifts he'd given me. So that's why it's so encouraging for me to be here. I hope that short sort of story can encourage you guys. Um, and my prayer ultimately for you guys is to know the grace given us in Christ. This is the best news and everything starts with what Jesus has done. But I hope tonight as we fix our eyes on what Jesus has done, we'll see how truly blessed we are to be called into something much bigger than we may have expected. Um, so with all that in mind... Uh, I'm going to pray for God's help and then we'll get stuck into uh, a pretty lengthy passage. So will you pray with me? Our loving Father, thank you so much for your word that you reveal yourself to us through scripture. I pray uh, in front of all these people now that you might uh, rid me of any pride or self-sufficiency and help me to trust in you and to be assured of your word. And I pray uh, that... Yeah, the words I have to say will be ones that you uh, want me to speak. And I pray for all of us that you might rid, of, rid us of any distractions uh, and help us to tune in and hear what you have to say to us. Amen. So, in a passage that can seem so focused on us, uh, who we are, uh, what we can do, what we've been called into, the goal for me tonight is to try and keep coming back to Christ. Um, like my testimony, like my prayer for you guys, Everything starts with what Christ has done. Which brings me to my first point. What is it that Christ has done? 
Oh, but Jake, spiritual gifts, you know, what are they? Where are they from? Why have them? This is probably your burning question, uh, and that's fair enough, but I want you to, to have a good foundation as we seek to tackle this. Keep the following in the back of your mind. Uh, sorry. What has gone on here? Rod? That's your first problem. All right. So it's on the it's on the screen there. If Christ didn't die and rise again and offer us the only way to be saved in a right relationship with God, everything would be useless. So our faith, what the passage teaches us tonight, and everything in this world hinges on the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Have a look at verse three. Hopefully you've got one Corinthians twelve open. If not, I'll give you a bit of time. Uh, But in verse 3 of chapter 12, it says, Therefore I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Paul opens the chapter uh, saying about gifts of the Spirit. But one of his first points is this. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Uh, The gifts that Paul's going to go on to talk about are all from this same spirit. But we must understand that it is by this spirit alone that we can say Jesus is Lord, and the order of this is significant. Um, And that's why I'm convinced that we need to know that Jesus is Lord first before we can think about tackling what's next. So, with that in mind, let's talk about gifts of the spirit. Clearly the Corinthian church is interested, Uh, so is Paul. He says in verse 2 that he doesn't want them to be uninformed. And that's because in chapter 1, Paul actually recognises that the church is very gifted. Um, He says they are not lacking in gifts. He praises God for that. Um, And as we look at the first 11 verses, Paul's order is particularly interesting and helpful. First, he focuses on Jesus. Secondly, he talks about where the gifts are from. And it's only after that that he starts to identify what the gifts are. And the order is significant. So if you want to read with me through verses 4 to 6, he says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. Different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. What we see here is Paul is making sure that they understand and that we understand exactly where these gifts are from. Yes, they are gifted, Uh, They're not lacking, but they must always remember the God who gives them these gifts. You know, when you think about what a gift is, uh, we realise that it's it's given to us. You know, it's not something we've achieved or done ourselves. Um, I hope you've been very blessed in your life to receive good gifts, maybe from your parents at Christmas or on birthdays. Um, But is your natural reaction to, to thank the giver of the gifts, even if it's something you may not necessarily want? Um, on the screen I have a verse from Colossians 3.17 it says whatever you do in word or deed do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him what we see here is that as we we think about using our gifts we're to recognise they're from God uh, and so do them in the name of Jesus and be thankful so 
What particular gifts does Paul talk about? We've finally gotten there. Uh, it's in verses 8 to 11. Uh, he creates quite the list. Um, I'll read it out. It's helpful. Um, starting at verse 8, it says, To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. Paul creates quite the list here, and it can be easy for us to focus on the particulars. Um, some of the mentioned gifts might seem a bit unusual or, or might not make much sense to you, and I'd be pretty keen to chat afterwards uh, about those. But I think there's two things that are really clear from this particular part that was read out. Number one, the gifts are diverse. And this is helpful because not all of us uh, are going to be the same, nor should we be. The Bible's clear about that. Um, so basically, you don't have to feel as if you need to be gifted in a particular way or compare yourself uh, to someone else. You need to trust in the diversity of God's gifts and recognise what God has given you individually. And the second thing is, the gifts are from the same spirit. The point comes up again. He made it, uh, I guess, in verses 4 to 6. And as he continues to list these spirits, he keeps reminding them of where these gifts are from. He doesn't want them to be ignorant. Um, and what we'll see in verse 11 is not only is God the great giver of gifts, um, but he so lovingly determines them for us. He says, all these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. So it's at this point you might look at the list yourself and ask yourself, where do I fit in? Uh, if you're like me, you'll probably get a bit overwhelmed, uh, maybe a little discouraged. But a tip that I've stolen from a man named Richard Chin, some of you may know him, is rather than searching and searching for particular gifts, uh, ask yourself this question. How can you love and serve others? Because as we'll see, that is the purpose of the gifts that God has given us. So I know I've been speaking for quite a bit, so how about we have a bit of a break uh, and ask ourselves in pairs or small groups, uh, what is one way, big or small, you can love and serve others <coughs> at church? There's one way. Maybe you're already doing it. So have a quick chat, have a break. I'll come back. back. Uh, hopefully that was helpful. I'd encourage you to keep chatting about that. Does anyone have anything you think might be helpful to share?
Any any good ways that you can serve? Anything to share? Play music. Play music. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Anyone else? Well, I, I, I'll share what Nick said. Nick said cleaning the toilets. Mm. Yeah. They are generally. someone say packing up chairs that's a good one um, I think it's helpful uh, it's easy to get overwhelmed when we're thinking about gifts but if we can keep coming back to how we can love and serve others in all sorts of little ways we start to recognize what we're necessarily good at um, maybe you're terrible at lifting chairs maybe you've got a bad back you find out that the hard way uh, but anyways it's sermon illustration time uh, does anyone know what this is Coffee pot stand. I'm loving the confusion here because I was confused. I don't think it's a maze, although it looks like one. You can't really get anywhere. Um, I think I think you're onto something there. Put a hot like kettle on it, um, or a or a hot plate or something. Anyways, the reason why I bring this up is because for a long time I had no idea what it was. Uh, but I kept finding it in the kitchen. I live with three other housemates. Generally, our house is not the cleanest, but when this thing's lying around, it's just another pain. Anyways, yeah, not a good Frisbee. So I was trying to figure out what it was, rubbish, bad Frisbee. So I kept putting it away. I'm like, get this thing out of my life, back of the cupboards, but it just kept coming back up. I'm like, where is this thing coming from? Why are people using this? Why is it getting in my way? But one day I came out and Simon, one of my housemates, was cooking and he obviously had it on the bench, gets his hot plate, puts it on there and it was at this moment that it clicked. I was like, oh, that's what it's for. And it's actually great. Like, what a good idea. I don't Like, i am always got this hot plate. I'm like, well, what am I going to do with that? I just generally leave it on the stove. Um, but I remember explaining that to Simon. I was like, Simon, I, I finally figured it out. And he's like, wait. So you're the person that keeps hiding this thing and I can't find it all the time. <laughs> Anyways, I kind of felt bad, um, but I was also very happy that I figured out what it's for. And as good or bad as you might have thought this illustration is, I hope you'll realise that even though you may have something, uh, if you don't know how to use it, uh, then it's useless. Um, if you don't know its purpose, uh, you might neglect it. You might hide it away. You might cause trouble and heartache for your housemates because they can't find it. Um, whatever it is, if we don't understand the purpose of something, then we're not really going to know how to firstly recognise what it is and secondly how to use it. Which brings me to point number four, the purpose of our gifts. I think it's really helpful to understand the purpose of gifts. We've obviously talked about... Uh, uh, what they are and where they're from. We have to understand the purpose, and this, I think, is the most important point for tonight. As human beings, we love having a purpose, and I think it's in particular case that our purpose will help us recognise our gifts, but also have a desire to use them. Verse 7 in the passage is as clear as it gets. It says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Spirit's given for the common good. 
But then that begs the question of what is the common good? Uh, so I've written it on the screen. That's a bit of a mouthful, so hopefully you can bear it in mind. But it says, the common good is people may see the goodness of Jesus as we use the gifts that God has given us to serve in the body God has called us into. So there's a lot of stuff going on there, but hopefully I'll seek to explain it. Um, but one thing I want to make clear is that what Jesus Christ has done uh, will never change. Uh, we can't make it any better or worse, but we have the amazing opportunity to point people to the everlasting goodness of what he has done. And as we realise how good Jesus' death and resurrection is, uh, it'll cause us to want to respond in service, to use our gifts. Uh, but where am I getting this from in the passage? Well, look at verse 12 of chapter 12. It says, The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. Christ is described as a body, though one is made up of many parts. And if you want to skip down to verse 27, this idea of the body comes up again. It says, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. I wonder if that verse has any significance to you. Do you quickly pass over it, or do you realise the, the significance it is to be, to be called the body of Christ, that each one of us is a part of it? It can really be mind-boggling when you think about it deeper. So what does it mean to be the body of Christ? Fortunately, from the text, we know what it looks like. Paul provides a very simple but helpful illustration. When we look at our physical bodies, uh, we see that there's many different parts, but they all come together to form one part of the body. Uh, and when we think about each individual part, we realise the significance of each part. Uh, has anyone here ever jarred their finger or jarred anything yet? Yeah. So I don't know about you, but life gets about a thousand times harder when you jar a finger. Every time you touch something, carry something, do a bit of handwriting, it's just pain. And it's every time that you do this, you realise how significant your finger is. Before then, you just like, oh, it's just a finger. But as soon as it's injured, you're like, actually, this is really important to me. Uh, and I think that's what Paul's trying to get at here. Although we have so many different parts, they are all significant. They all come together to form the one body. Look at verse 18 with me in your Bibles. Uh, it says, But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. God's created our bodies in his beautiful design as one that relies on all of its parts. And so Paul is saying here that Christ and the church are the same. And I think this is the case because when we look at verses 11 and 18, we can see the link. Just as in verse 18, just as God arranges our human body, in verse 11 we see that God arranges the gifts in the body of Christ. And I hope by now at this point that you'll see that God is in complete control. You know, as we think about our gifts and how we might differ, uh, we actually can rejoice knowing that God has individually created us all uh, in our own way for his own glory. He's created us as individuals not to be excellent in our own right, 
but to play a significant role in being a part of his body. For some people, this can be a humbling fact, but it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. God does the work. We are unique and different, not because we need to be better or worse, but that each part needs to be filled and utilised. So as individuals, we are to continually look for ways that we can serve God, but we're to recognise that it's Christ's body and we have an opportunity to serve him. So I want to challenge you at this point to reflect on the purpose of the gifts that God has given you. How can you serve and play a role in serving God, knowing what the purpose is? And how might we point one another to the goodness of Jesus as we seek to use our gifts? Just one last point I'd like to bring up as far as the purpose of our gifts uh, is the fact that Jesus is coming back. Uh, we, we know that Jesus came, he died and he rose again, but he promised to return. Uh, if you look ahead in your Bibles at chapter 13, famous, famous passage on love, looking at verses 8 to 10, uh, would someone like to read that for me out loud? Chapter 13, 8 to 10. Yep, yeah, thanks. Wes, right? Yeah. Thanks, mate. Yes. So, as you can see, um, all these gifts that we've been talking about, they're actually going to cease. The imperfect uh, will stop when the perfect comes, when Christ returns. If you just read ahead a bit further in verse 12 of chapter 13, it says, Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face says that now we see a poor reflection but we can trust that God can actually use us even if it even is as a poor reflection and while we are on earth while Jesus hasn't come back yet may we be desperate to respond to the call uh, to reflect Jesus before he returns to serve him to serve that purpose and pray that Jesus can be the pulsating center of your life pulsating center of the church and as we combine and serve together might we magnify God's goodness so that's our purpose but I want you guys to reflect on the gift of community as well um, God is so good to us um, and as, as we do have a role to play we're also to be so thankful um, for the church body that we have. We discussed it earlier. What are we thankful for when, when we come to church? What's good about church? Uh, if we go back to chapter 12, verse 13, uh, it says, For we were all baptised by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. This verse is great because no matter who we are, we are in it together if you take a look around you now uh, 
you ask yourself, are we all the same? Clearly, we're not. Um, here I am tonight from a different place. I uh, don't know many of you well at all, and I'm sure we have many differences. But there's one thing that I hope we can all share together. It's one glorious thing. Uh, we're both in the same body of Christ. And this is huge. And it's in response to this that we can be thankful and praise God for it. What you see in verse 26 is that if one part suffers in the body, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. As we come together, we are blessed to know that we can mourn in the worst things together and we can celebrate in the best things together. But whatever it is, we are together. God doesn't leave us alone to our own vices. And what a community he's called us into. Um, and I hope that you can see how great a joy this is. Even little things like thanking God for the music team at church uh, who help you to sing praises to God uh, or thanking your teachers or mentors who keep pointing you to Jesus and helping you to grow. God is so gracious in saving us. When we look at Romans 8.32, which is on the screen, it says, He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? God is so good and he's blessed us not only with his son but a diverse and wonderful community that we mustn't neglect. All right. Well, thank you for bearing with me. This is the last point uh, and it's keep coming back to Christ. We started with Christ. I hope throughout I've kept trying to point you to him. Uh, and we're going to finish with him. Uh, Chapter 13, verse 2, it's talking about love. Um, and it says that if I have the gift of prophecy, which is a gift he'd mentioned before, can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. We see here that love is the key. And if you ever want a perfect model of love, uh, the best place to go is Jesus. Uh, the perfect model is Jesus Christ on the cross. Everything he did was out of a love for us. And everything we are to do is a, is a response to this love. If we forget Christ, we can become prideful in our gifts and ability. We can take for granted the blessings of the beautiful community that we have. Um, and we might simply use church as something to gain comfort and not a magnificent way to serve and glorify God. When we approach the cross, when we think about Jesus brutally being murdered instead of us, it's very hard to make these mistakes. It's at the foot of the cross where all you can do is simply fall on your knees and say thank you. And that's why we need to keep coming back to him. Uh, particularly when it comes to this topic. We read before about the imperfection disappearing when perfection comes. You know, this life, it's temporary. Uh, but for now, we are to respond. We pray that we know that Jesus is our Lord. Be seeking the gifts that you have, recognising who gives them to you uh, and knowing the purpose that it is to serve Christ. 
And we can do this looking forward to when our king returns, when the imperfect disappears and the work is finally done. So I'm going to pray for us to finish and then Graham will take it from there. Our loving Father, we thank you so much that you have sent us Jesus and that through your grace alone we can be saved. We pray, Lord, that in response to your love for us in Jesus, you might help us to want to respond in love and service to one another due to what Jesus has done. Help us, Lord, uh, to go out this week to be reflecting on what you have gifted us with, how we might serve you, but help us each and every day to keep coming back to Christ, remembering what he has done and trusting in him completely. Amen.